Hello, everybody. Welcome to the best podcast that you've heard today because it's our podcast. It's Oh, This Podcast. Oh, This Podcast. <laughs> Steve, how are you doing? I am doing exceptionally well. How about you, my friend? I'm doing more than exceptionally well. I am doing superbly well. Ooh, supremely well, Sup- perhaps. Taco supremely well. <laughs> uh, it is a freaking awesome day. We have got a great, great debate in store for you today, but we're going to talk about some other stuff here, too. We just got off of a Facebook Live uh, stream. It was our first one. It wasn't glitch-free. Uh, we did manage to make through it, but we wanted to thank everybody who was able to take and join us for that. It was awesome. If you haven't done that, we announced our winner to the best animal leading role from episode 18 on our Facebook Live. So if you haven't done so and you're a fan of this podcast, go to our Facebook page. You can find links from ohthispodcast.com or search Facebook for ohthispodcast.com or for ohthispodcast, and it will take you to that live video where we had that announcement. Spoiler alert, it was not Free Willy because Free Willy was definitely not (laughs) in the category for running there. Um, We also give big shout-outs to all the listeners who have supported us throughout the show so far, and we ask for some help and guidance from the future listeners of this podcast. But until then, I want to have Steve tell you about some new great opportunities for you to get involved with in our podcast uh, endeavors going forward. So Steve, the floor is yours or the proverbial internet floor is yours. We are following rules of order and everything here today. Parliamentary procedure, my friend. How how many minutes do I uh, do I get on the floor here? I, I can see the rest of my opening time. Excellent, excellent. Well, everybody, if you do want to uh, check out the show, you're going to want to run over to uh, ohthispodcast.com. Uh, that w- that's where you can find uh, information about uh, both Patrick and I, that you can find episodes of the show. Uh, you can also uh, subscribe to the show at uh, you know on Google Play, iTunes, uh, Stitcher, pretty much anywhere where uh, you can find your podcasts, uh, you can find us. SamGoodyRadio.com. Um, <laughs> You you interrupted. Uh, you know you're already not following procedures. Sorry. <laughs> the senator requests that you back the hell up. Objection overruled. <laughs> Sustained. Um, anyway, but you could also, uh, if you want to support the show, you can uh, support us on Patreon. Uh, we've got uh, a couple new uh, segments that we've been working on here with uh, uh, Patrick's Hot Tub Beer of the Week. We're also working on the. Uh, we've launched our first uh, um, minor league hat of the month last week, which was the fantastic uh fresno grizzlies uh taco truck hat which uh we're very happy and both both repping right now uh on the, on the video side of things here so uh you know okay. we gotta we gotta give mad love to the fresno grizzlies but uh yeah and then uh yeah just any any way you want to uh share the show if you want to uh talk up with your friends share it online share it offline we really appreciate the support affirmative oh and and i cede my time to the senator Senator, okay, so we're going to start off with here, we're going to take and take and jump right into it with a beer of the week, also known as the Hot Tub Beer of the Week. We're going to be doing a co-branding because I get to pick the beer this week. And Yeah, I don't know if I want to put my brand on this one, but I'm going to let it happen. Yes, uh, after long deliberations of what could go well for the topic, everything like that, and being that it's our episode 20 episode, uh, our Gary Payton episode. Yes. I've been told that he's a huge fan of this beer. Huge. Fan. <laughs> now you're now you're slandering Gary Payton. No, I don't know. He might be a fan. I don't know. He, I I hear he likes limes. Uh, the the beer of the week, hot tub beer of the week for oh this podcast episode twenty is none other than your fine Anheuser Busch uh, made InBev made 
uh, beer, Bud Light Lime. And Steve will give you all the, the juicy, glorious details of this uh, beer. I was going to try to find an <laughs> adjective for that, but... Uh, it is no. It, it is at its at its base. That is, uh, it it is a beer. There is uh, pretty much nothing remarkable about this beer, uh, except for a lime. Uh, no, it's not remarkable in any way. Um, it's uh, yeah, as uh, Patrick mentioned, he uh, I believe he he finds this beer to be more uh, uh, entertaining than I do. But uh, <laughs> this is a, a, a basically a clear yellow straw colored uh, beer uh, with. When it pours, it's got a soapy uh, white head to it, uh, virtually no hop character whatsoever, uh, light mouth feel, high carbonation, uh, a lot of corn and grain flavor to it, uh, as is uh, typical of most of your American adjunct lagers. Um, and the twist, and what a twist it is, uh, they decided to add some lime flavoring to it uh, to really kick this thing in the pants. And the worst part about this beer, I guess what some people might consider to be the best part of this beer, is that the lime flavoring makes the thing taste like the green-colored Fruit Loops. I love uh, that. And it's, I mean, it really does. I mean, that's, and it, it's got a faint, like, lime aroma. But, yeah, as soon as you taste it, you're like, huh, I've had this before. And then you think back, like, oh, like, this almost tastes like breakfast cereal. Well, that's that's where you get it. That's the lime flavor popping in you. Um, it's a 4.2% ABV. Uh, it's a beer advocate gives them a 56, which is awful. Uh, rate beer rates it a zero. Um, <laughs> it is it is a true. Uh, uh, it's something, I guess. Uh, if if you really need something that is uh, that contains alcohol and you've exhausted all of your other options uh, and you are feeling like uh, a, a beverage on a hot summer day, I guess you could drink this and uh, you wouldn't, you're not going to die, but you're also not going to enjoy it. I'll take it, my friend. I'm feeling saucy today. Uh, to quote uh, Wayne Campbell uh, in terms of getting this beer. I don't know why I chose this. At least it was like the option was this or Bud Light Lime Arita. And I was like, I got to keep the Lime Arita for a, I think a, a the, more I special. I think the Lime Arita gets a better rating. Rightfully so, but one might one might not know that the, at least the Bud Light Lime is better than the Miller Light Chill. That's ain't, ain't nobody got time for that Miller Light Chill. I, I was I was going through reviews because I mean I didn't <laughs> I didn't need to base my my actual uh, you know review of this beer on anyone else's reviews, uh, but I was reading one comment on uh, <laughs> Beer Advocate that was I think the the review was it, it, they rated it like a point five or something like that overall. And uh, they it was they said at least they didn't add tomato juice to this one oh, because God. they make the the Clamato. beers that are also I don't I don't get it but uh, hey some people like it okay Good. availability how can some people procure this if they choose to drink it uh, go down to the store uh, Target Walmart anywhere they sell liquor uh, you know you can buy this beer. Year-round availability. Yeah, I don't think they put it on tap anywhere, though. I don't. That's the that's the one le- thing I think. I mean, it might. I'm sure they've got it somewhere on tap, but uh, it's certainly not as prevalent on tap as it is in bottles. I think they put it in cans too. Unfortunately, poor use of aluminum right there. So, with that, that is our beer of the week. And then, ride them up, round them up, Steve. What are we starting with here? What's the first? Well, Patrick. One? I'm not even going to make a damn noise or sound effect for that because I'm just distraught after having to drink this beer for 
the next hour or so. So since it is summer, since Patrick is uh, into this beer for the summer, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, summer vacation, but uh, with a, with a little bit of a twist, not a twist of lime, but a, a twist. A we got to talk. We got to talk about uh, summer vacation uh, as a kid versus what summer vacation's like when you're an adult. Gosh, man, summer vacation as a kid versus an adult. I I know the days uh, when I grew up, like. I was like the first summer I remember graduating from college too. It was like, oh, this is like you could do whatever you want. You don't have to like get a job and go to the real world. Then I thought, oh, you're done with uh, you're done with school. That means you just get you know six months or a couple months or what is it, six weeks, eight weeks or something off in between to just uh, you know mm-hmm. go around and being you know in your twenties when you graduate college. You're like, oh, this is gonna be absolutely awesome. I get to go to the beach every day and stay out and have bonfires and picnics and <laughs> you know steal picnic baskets and do all these other things and then slowly but surely people don't tell you that your piece of your soul dies every year that passes when you're sitting there <laughs> in an office and you don't re- you can't go outside and you don't have a window you can open and then you just want to sit there and then it's publisher clearinghouse day and it's just the <laughs> mail reader breaks it's like ugh. no one told me when you became an adult that you didn't get christmas va- or summer vacation you're you're getting very real here. These are some these are some real feelings. Yes, I'm very very sad. Actually, not really sad. I feel like Doctor Fraser Crane right now. Yes, yes, I'm listening. Um, <laughs> but like, you remember when you were in school, like, and in specifically, there was different phases of summer vacation, and some of the phases that you had, I, I'll call them like your elementary school summer vacations. Mm-hmm where your elementary school, you had your middle school, and then you had your high school summer vacations. And all of them had different, you know, I guess college would be grouped into there as well. But all of them had kind of like a different feel and vibe. No one told me that we wouldn't get summer vacations as an adult. The first time I remember when we had like, oh, I got to work in July? Oh, that's going to suck. Like thinking I could go to the (laughs) pool every day. But as a kid, like growing up, in those elementary years, it was play, play, play. 100%. You'd just go out and play. Yeah. And you would play outside. And in Illinois, outside during the summer, you'd get sunburned and it's hot. And then you'd go to the pool and it's hot and humid and all that. I remember that. So then sometimes you'd go and sit inside. Some of the stuff that I remember from growing up would be like waking up and watching you know, five hours of uh, Stuart Scott on Sports Center <laughs> uh, prior to going out and playing. Yeah. Uh, for five hours outside, then coming back in and playing maybe probably some World Series 94 on World some Sega. Yep, yeah. World Series Baseball 94 on some Sega Genesis, maybe the 95 version sitting in the air conditioning. Um, and then, you know, just relaxing and then reset the day. You do it again, but then it's NHL 94. There's always just <laughs> this different thing as a kid, but it was always about you were doing some stuff that was active. Then you some start to go golfing and then as it as a in middle school then it was like okay you could start to adventure and that's more of the i'd call that i had when i had my wheels okay my my bike riding days bicycle. Yeah. yeah and then it's like okay well i can go a little bit further now and see a little bit more of the world the the sure. fine flat world of the northwest suburbs of illinois and then it was like high school high school for me was all like summer vacation was practice it was sports, one hundred percent camps, and it was always like preparation. It was like you'd always have like I was more exhausted in high school during summer than um, anything that I can remember. But what about you? What are some of your fond moments of you know childhood summer vacation? Yeah, so like childhood, like the elementary school years, that was that was pretty much. I mean, the same. I, I had just about the same way that I went about things, except for uh, 
um, for me, uh, we got limited on our uh, video game time as kids. Uh, so I would wake up early in hopes that I could snag extra video game time Ooh, uh, because my mom, zone. you know, my mom would wake up, you know, a little bit later than me. I would try and get up at like six or six thirty and play video games. My mom would wake up at like seven thirty or eight. And I mean, I'm sure she knew I was playing, but for whatever reason, in my mind, I felt like, well, if she's not awake, she can't gauge how much time I've been playing. So then the hour doesn't start until she's awake. Um, Snake in the system. (laughs) So then, so yeah, then it was pretty much, you know, after that hour was up, it was, you know, smash down some cereal and then you're going out to play. And then I got, I would go out like, there were a few times when I was younger, it's like, all right, well, like me and one of my buddies in the neighborhood were like, Hey, let's go hang out. I was up at like seven in the morning. He was up at like seven 30. So it was like, Hey, let's just get up and go hang out. We'll go ride bikes and stuff. So I went over to his house at like eight, eight thirty in the morning. Uh, my mom, I think actually it might've even been earlier. It might've been like seven 45. Like my mom was usually up between seven 30 and eight most of the time, like during the summer. Cause like we, you know, we were kids. So like most, most of the time we were sleeping in, but, uh, I was at the point where I was like, all right, getting up, going to go. And, uh, yeah, went out and she didn't know where I went Uh or anything like that. Uh I don't, I don't know if I left a note or anything. Um, you know, I came back for lunch cause I had to eat, but, uh, yeah. So after that, I got uh, stuck on the, you couldn't go outside until 10 AM rule. Uh, so then I was just smart. I was, yeah, and more than fair, I can as a parent, as a kid, I was like, "The hell, I'm ready to rock! Like, let me go and do my thing." But uh, you know, that was uh, that was the way it was. So I, you know, you'd usually hang around the house until ten, play some, play some video games, then roll out, and it was pretty much outside all day uh, until dinner. Come home, and then if, you know, in the summer, you get a little, couple extra hours of uh, daylight, so uh, you know, go out and kill the last of that and get chewed up by mosquitoes, and then that would call it a night. I remember every most like summer nights uh, during those like elementary school, middle school years uh, were really fun because we would have home run derbies in our front yard where we would just basically there was like three or four couple kids older than my brother, like a couple years older than my brother that were direct neighbors of us. And they would use our house and we'd have this big wiffle, uh, just giant ball and a wooden bat and just play home Mm -hmm. run derby. Those were awesome days, and I remember even with like summer vacation when like the thunderstorms would come, we would just sit out on the under the carport and just yep. you know watch the storm. It was an entertainment. Like it feels interesting because it was a much a much simpler time. Certainly, yeah. You know? I mean, the way I liken it was like as a as a kid and even up through high school, it's like you have you have little money, but you have all the time in the world. And then when you're an adult, you have all of the money and none of the time. Right. Right. And uh, that's I mean, it was once I went to middle school, then it was like, I mean, that's when baseball picked up uh, over the summer. I mean, I played I played baseball when I was in elementary school as well. But then it wasn't you know, it wasn't travel ball and tournaments and things like that. More practices. Uh, Once middle school kit, you know, hit that was more of the routine. And then into high school, I mean, it was the there was, you know, baseball all all, you know, from, uh, you know, January, February until, you know, July or August. And then if you played in any later tournaments or fall ball or anything like that, uh, you know, it, was, it uh, really was the dominant part of the schedule, uh, you know, past the middle school age. Yeah, absolutely. I think for me, I started playing football in what, sixth grade. So sixth grade through, you know, freshman year of college, uh, basically August, my summers were, you know, 
June, July, because August started football. And once you got into football, <laughs> you, you didn't really have much summer <laughs> because you were exhausted uh, yeah. the majority of the time. And even in high school, I remember the football time with your your camp was practice like it's unpadded but it's like you're still doing the same things that you're doing there but tell me about some of the things that you wish you could as an adult you wish you could have back and if you could have a summer vacation even if it's just a week of summer vacation right mm -hmm. now if i said you can have a week next week what would you do as an adult for summer vacation hmm. that's a that's an excellent question uh i think i would First of all, I would stock up, which I'm I'm gonna do this as an adult anyway. But Oreo O's are back, and I'm gonna buy a, a metric fuckload of those and uh, stock up my pantry with that. Um, so yeah, I would probably wake up fairly early, rock some cereal, perhaps some, uh, and then probably stick with my my tried and true routine: fire up the video games and play for you know a couple hours. Uh, then sign off, and then yeah, I would just try and get out as much as I could. Uh, I mean, hell, if, if I could organize a wiffle ball game, I'd be you damn straight. I'd be doing that for sure. Uh, I, could, I mean, I did, we could do that for hours. I mean, whether it's, you know, playing an actual game, whether it's just home run derby, whatever the case may be, um, I would do that. I would take better care of my uh, I would I would do better on the sunblock thing. Oh, for I sure. So. I, I would I would be more cognizant of that. Uh, but yeah, then I probably. I'd consider at least if I, if I didn't have a bicycle, I would try and get a bicycle and then use that as my uh, mode of transport to really go nostalgic and, uh, uh, you know, stick around the neighborhood and then ride my bike to the places I needed to go For just sure. to, uh, just to get the true, uh, the true feel of things. The true, would you be rocking like your like Nike, t Nike shoes and Zuba shorts or like, would you go retro I mean, clothes? Cause I know 100% I would do that in a heartbeat. I mean, I don't know that I could, uh, I there are, I have some some strange clothing from uh, from the '90s uh, that uh, I don't think I could I could locate anymore. But I would I would give it a shot if you could find adult versions of those pieces, like a relic. Like yeah, like I mean I'm not gonna wear jean shorts. That's just not gonna happen. But uh, you know, cut off I'm, I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure I could find at least uh, some retro style. Uh, you know early bulls three peat t-shirts or uh hell the the bulls championship hats that i was fond of oh rocking. those were awesome or the bulls championship team uh yeah. team shirts those were yeah, great exactly the 92 dream team stuff well if it was me and you know i had this week tomorrow i or this week next week to do this i would think it, it would be very similar uh in terms of i would get up and i would probably crush a giant bowl of fruit loops Fruit Loops, man. As a kid, you know, just pour the Bud Light lime in there because the lime flavor is the same, so it'll go it'll right. Exactly, perfectly. exactly. So I would crush a bunch of like a just a giant tub of Fruit Loops. And I would definitely have to try to find some some Sports Center and R.I.P. Stu Scott. Um, it was just like that edition of Sports Center. We would watch it for hours, knowing that the second and third hours. This was when they would just tape one and play yeah. it for three or four hours, just for the, like the catchphrase and the mannerisms. We'd probably then. Usually because it was um, – usually what would happen was it would be dew or something on the grass the night before. We'd probably have to do some set of chores. So I would probably relegate myself to taking mowing the lawn at least once, you know, on my okay. week of time. But then I would strap on the old inlines and shake and, uh, you know, <laughs> taking shake and bake and, uh, you know, game on in the backyard and start playing some – roller hockey and okay 100 would get those skates on 
in a heartbeat and just do that. I remember my brother had a uh, Eddie Belfour San Jose Sharks uh, mask. So we had the full gear. We had a couple nets. We had – so to take take you back to the Ferrar Stadium, it was – there were two nets generally. There was a concrete brick side of the house on one side, the garage, um, and then there was this giant wooden fence on the other side of the driveway. And I remember, like, there was, like, a little grass parkway in between and stuff like that. So, like, it was literally – you could play one-on-one pretty easily. You could play, like, one-on-two with a goalie. Like, one-on-one, like, a defender, uh, a forward, and a goalie. Um, And I remember that's what we did a lot of times. A lot of times we just go out there and shoot. But I remember (laughs) playing sometimes, and I body-checked my brother, straight cross-check into that giant (laughs) fence. Um, Do that probably for an hour to get – Hour, hour and a half till you get that uh, sick it, or sick wicked wrister uh, going there. Then you go in for some <laughs> lunch. You go in for a little ham sandwich, ham and cheese. You know, yeah, nothing. White uh, bread, right? White bread, Oscar Mayer. Oh, yeah, cut it. Uh, at that point in time, I think it wasn't cut. There was maybe some craft okay. craft blue box, uh, the blue box blues uh, solid, there. Solid. Um, and then you'd maybe get, if it's a nice day, you might get like a, a Swiss roll. Little Debbie okay, Swiss yeah. cake roll. I was a big yeah. uh, cosmic brownie fan. Right, or if it, you, you get really lucky, you get an oatmeal cream pie, and okay. yeah, that's really lucky. Then you probably go back. You, there might be a nap. There might be some video games and stuff. Um, but that was like the elementary stuff there. But I'd I'd also try to potentially you know at least carve a day for a bike ride because that was my main my main wheels. Mm-hmm. Uh, try to ride as far as I can, and then you know come back and sleep. Uh, and then probably wait for my pops to get home at about you know six o'clock from work. So that would probably be a day in the life of adult Patrick reliving childhood <laughs> Patrick's love for that, um, for that particular thing. Is yeah, there, that's not bad. Is there something like? Is there something that you wish like, if you had that opportunity to take and be like? I'm not saying teachers have off you know six weeks because they don't. They're they're not in school, but they're all working. Right. But if you had like a block of time during the summer. How would you use it? Would you think, like, as an adult, that it's a good thing, a bad thing? Like, would you really want to take and have that extended period of time? Or would you really just kind of think that, yeah, I get my week or two of vacation here or then, but I enjoy work, so I don't mind it? If I had the chance to take, like, six weeks, I would probably take one week of just doing whatever the hell I feel like. Crushing Um, Oreo O's? Yeah, uh, just bumming around, doing you know, doing whatever you know, whatever the mood struck me as. But uh, if I had the additional time, I would have to. I can't just sit around and do nothing for that long. I'd have to put it to some sort of purpose. So I'd probably, as an adult, I'd probably travel. I'd probably try and go hit up uh, like most of the MLB stadiums, or just put it to some sort of for uh, sure, for sure, practical usage. Which I mean, that's a you know, it's adult in that it has you have a plan and and things like that but it would still be to entertain the child inside of me right right see part of me would love to just like i enjoy like as some of those times as a kid growing up and having that summer vacation where it was like your routine it was the you know a tuesday in july like middle of july after fourth of july it's nothing on the schedule it's boring but I would love to actually have some of those back, you know, that's like, oh, my God, it's 3.30 on a Tuesday in July. I'm bored out of my butt. But it's still it was still like I love those times. I look back on those as simpler times. It was it was interesting for me. It's like 
man, I wish some of the things that I was able to do in middle school, I was able to learn a little bit further, like how to play an instrument a little sooner or right. like some of the stuff that, you know, we don't talk about is like I used to read a lot of books and the summer was a great time for reading. And I feel bad mm-hmm. that I don't have that particular thing there. But then I'll oh, see. I was always incentivized by the uh, Six Flags. What was like read six hundred minutes, get the free ticket to Six Flags. Yeah. I would knock that out. I would knock that out real quick in the the first the front end of summer because then I wind up going to Six Flags one day with a free ticket. That's awesome. That's awesome. But yeah. what, so what's before we wrap this? Uh, what's so like on on my end? Like one thing that I appreciate uh, immensely as an adult versus uh, as a as a kid and uh, you know over the course of summer vacation though is I've grown truly to to love air conditioning oh. uh, because uh, that is something that uh, uh, is is a modern marvel. It is something that uh, we should all be grateful for if we've got it. And, uh, yeah, I mean, being able to work somewhere that is, you know, a, a crisp uh, 72 degrees or 70 degrees or 68, if you like it a little uh, cooler, uh, that is a uh, an excellent uh, an excellent thing to have because I remember running my ass around all damn summer and it was 95 degrees outside and then uh, fans, like in my yeah. my growing up in Waukegan yeah we didn't have air conditioning in our first house it was fans yeah. uh, and that was a uh, yeah didn't you know sitting there at night and yeah it like three in the morning it starts to cool off but uh, you know at seven o'clock when the sun's beating straight into the front windows and it's 90 outside and it's 86 in the house you're not getting much uh, reprieve from that so and it's human. that's yeah that's my uh my big my big appreciation for like i it didn't bother me as much as a kid but uh, as an adult maybe i'm getting soft or something but uh it's like you know what ac is where it's at mm-hmm. so uh to take into some real life uh weather prognosticating right now weather outside right now at what time is it it is 10 to 8, 11 to 8 p.m. in the evening. Mm-hmm. It is 90 degrees. The air conditioning is set to 62.5 degrees <laughs> high. So in my apartment right now, it is great. But I think, you know, you could take it simpler because it wasn't just air conditioning that was that. You know, I remember growing up and once we didn't have air conditioning, we had also a child's air conditioning, which was either a fridge full of Otter Pops or the ice cream truck. or this next topic my man because we've got uh we've got a, a serious tie-in with the summer vacay that uh we got to talk about next so let's let's end our vacation talk with a and let's roll into what we've got here because you talked about cooling down with uh you know maybe some ice cream i'm gonna talk screwballs i'm gonna talk to you about you know a choco taco um but uh, we're gonna talk about water-based weaponry because this was really a a core component of uh uh, you know, when you have that temperature out there that's uh, pushing to uh, triple digits, and you still felt the need to battle, you had to you had to represent. Uh, so you needed some some serious weaponry to uh, not only cool off but to uh, defend your home turf. Uh, what was your uh, choice of uh, water based uh, weaponry as a uh, as a child or an adult? Yes, that is <laughs> that is a fine question. We did have in the Ferrar household a bunch of water based uh, weaponry. Um, my dad was, I remember, for I don't know if it was a Christmas that we got him for, which is odd because you don't really give people squirt guns for uh, Christmas because you can't <laughs> use them for months in Illinois because it's snowing. Um, but I remember getting the super soakers, and we never got the super soakers that were the, the giant, like, rally guns where it's, like, just 
has the body pack on there or anything oh, yeah. like that. Remember those like I'd call them the AK-47s of Super Soakers, the lime green colored ones mm-hmm. with like the orange handle. Those things that would be, you know, perfectly accurate. They would fill up just enough until you got to the person and then you ran out of water. Like those <laughs> things were amazing. But I was I was a very much of a fan of the water balloon. So some of the water balloons and definitely uh, those lime green super soakers. It, it's funny because as a kid, you're thinking about like water based we- weaponry and it's like, oh, man, water fights. You don't want to get wet. But then I remember when I was like in Hawaii and I was sitting there in the sun with a squirt bottle. Just God, keep me wet. Like, <laughs> it's just like the fun thing. What about you? What were some of the guns that you use? Like, oh, I, I mean, I've got a I have a pretty extensive uh, uh arsenal or had a pretty extensive arsenal of of uh, super soakers um so i started off at a, at a young age with the super soaker 50 which was like the Ooh. neon yellow one i that think that's the, the one tank. that i had yeah yeah um so i mean that that was fine it worked out but it, it didn't have a big capacity like you had to fill that stupid little tank up uh, which only held like 24 ounces of water or whatever. So it's like a glorified water bottle. Right. Uh, or you could have somebody be your follower and put the garden hose onto it <laughs> while you're doing it. It's just, yeah, that's the, that, that was my, that was my jam. Yeah. So, I mean, that was, that was the first one I had, which I mean, it, it was just inefficient because you had to like take the tank out, like and unscrew it. And then they had a little frame that I had to go through. So you, it would take forever. I mean, you were dead to rights. If you were, if you ran out of water, there was, there was no escaping. Uh, you were, you were done. Um, and, and mine eventually broke because the handle was very flimsy and, uh, you know, you got to pump that bad boy to get some, uh, to get some distance on it. And, uh, eventually mine just completely crapped out and it was relegated to toy gun status at best. But then, then again, if you're playing war, you're not running around with a, a super soaker as your weaponry. So Right, but you uh, still had the melee ability if you wanted to turn that <laughs> around. You just... Yeah, you got to bust some skulls with it. <laughs> what happened? Mom, he smites me in the eye with a super soaker. Yeah. But, uh, so, I mean, I graduated from there, and then you remember they came out with the, I think they called it, like, the CPS series. Okay. Which is like the the public school series? Yeah, right. The Chicago Public School series. <laughs> but uh, so I, I got the CPS one thousand because I had a buddy who had the CPS two thousand or the twenty five hundred, which is basically like a goddamn bazooka. Um, I mean the the twenty five hundred you could pump it like I don't know like four or five times and it, it would hold like a, like over a liter of water. I think like two liters of water, and it had like all these different fire modes. And but if you pumped it like to full capacity and then just just launched it, if you were within, I don't know, if you were within 15 feet of that thing, you were getting just blasted by this water and like not a not a thin little like super soaker 50 stream. We're talking about like a, a half inch diameter stream of water was gonna blast you. And if you got if like you took that to the head, like you there was a chance you might get knocked down if you were close enough and off balance. I got a story um, that can really that, that can put that to shame. <laughs> Um, so, I mean, that, that, so it was an, ex- that the 2,500 was an expensive one. My buddy had it. I got the 1000 in response because, uh, my parents weren't going to spend that kind of money on a, a squirt gun, but so they, they compromised and got me the, the lower model, but it still had a damn sling. So it wasn't like it was this punk bitch of, uh, of, of water guns. Like it, 
you could carry it over your shoulder if you needed to. Yeah, anyone um, that had a strap is like a- absolutely amazing. And to right. think about it, like, like it's like a tactical squirt gun here. Um, I mean, it's got a little gauge on the side to tell you like how much pressure it's you got have. Got a laser left. sight, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, it held like two liters of water, so like you could do some serious like attacking with it and not run low on water. You could also uh, vary up like the the different like firing modes, so it would like. Uh, you know, you could do like one big stream. You could do like dual streams. They had a bunch of different firing options. So that that was my my uh, my pride and joy of my weaponry. Um, but yeah, I mean the water balloon thing. You mentioned that before too. It's like the wa- water balloons were great, but I mean you could never tie them. It was that sucked to tie. Did you were you partial to the grenade ones, like the green grenade ones? Oh yeah, those are my favorite. Yeah. Well, because then you got the water balloon launchers too, and then you started to put other stuff in the water balloon launchers, and then you got your water balloon launcher taken away. Um, I remember. Well, once you get blasted in the head with a water balloon, you pretty much realize we probably shouldn't be using these, and (laughs) like you should be throwing them at the body only because. Like having a balloon snap in your face is not pleasant to begin with, and then you're getting you know wet, which obviously in your face. You you do want like it's it. There's almost an antithesis to the water war because it's like it's hot outside. You're not supposed to get wet because you're trying to win the battle, but then again, if you do get soaked, you're cooled off, so you do kind of win. It's hot in her, so take yeah. off all. Nope, not as a kid. What about uh? Were you did you ever rock any of like the non super soaker squirt guns like yeah. the, the generic off brand ones? Oh yeah, just like the little ones. Usually like the little tiny like I think I had like a Uzi, like just like the Walgreens ones there. Okay, but I did operate one that was definitely it wasn't a non generic super soaker. It was not a meant to be super soaker. Mm-hmm. It was not meant to be a squirt gun. It was made by, like, I think it was Honda or DeWalt or Stanley. I can't remember <laughs> what the particular and one. You, you broke out a pressure washer. <laughs> yep, exactly. My dad was like, I'm like, Pops, squirt gun, pressure washer. Can I use it? No. So I pulled it out of the garage and started <laughs> it up and figured out how to take it and actually do it. And when he found out, he's like, oh, my God, I can't believe you're doing this. Like the neighbor kids would come through. I just like (laughs) that's one that you just got to like you have to take and do the body shot. But you're talking about like inch thing like for when we were using it, like people were getting welts all across their things. I didn't realize that what I I didn't at the time understand what a pressure washer was trying to do. I was just like lots of water connected to a hose. (laughs) Sounds good to me. And then I didn't realize it was coming out at that fast. And then if you switch the nozzle, like you get the different pressures and stuff like that there. And then I'd be like sitting at the ground, watch this, look at what we could do to the driveway. And it's crunching up asphalt. (laughs) I'm like, that's probably not the good thing. So they'd shoot. Definitely got no to the face. I got in trouble for that. Only did it once, maybe twice. Because I was able to get away with it the second time once I realized how much awesome awesomeness it was in war, but that was great because you that's like s- turn it on and shoot it straight up. Yeah. Too like when you weren't in a battle, you'd shoot it straight up, and it was yeah, absolutely. I mean, if if you're in a battle, that thing's like a machine gun nest. I mean, you you're just sitting there, and it's like if you're gonna you're gonna come at the king, you best not miss yep. because <laughs> you're gonna get messed up. You, you do. get messed up. I think there was one time my dad might have gotten talked to about like, yeah, you can't have them do that. But so like, <laughs> this is obviously water warfare. We're talking about summer. There's a whole there's a whole category of summer water related stuff that we haven't talked about. Uh, be that um, the slip and slide, the home pool, like thoughts. Slip and slides. Uh, we Pro? Were, 
oh, I, I like a good slip and slide, but there's only so like, I feel like the slip and slide, you're only like really enjoying that for like a day of activity. Like I, I can't, I could, like if you were to be like, oh, it's hot for a week, I'm not rocking out the slip and slide for sprinklers. Days. Sprinkler was was a big thing. I mean, so we were, you know, we never got the officially licensed slip and slide because uh, let's be honest, a slip and slide is a tarp that you hook a hose up to, or or drain the hose onto, or set a sprinkler next to so right. it keeps wet. So you just like you know, you go on a normal slip and slide, and like being a bigger kid, you go hauling off and you know running down there and you slide through it. You're going way off the end, so it's yeah. like all right, let's just get a big ass tarp. And then that way you're going to slide and yeah, you'll probably make it to the end, but you got much less chance of like flying off the end and like getting all scraped up by something laying in the yard behind it. That's always the thing that ended the slip and slide for that year. I remember sliding on a rock once and then we also put it down in our neighbor's yard. Um, and I remember they had like one of those uh, uh, steel like copper pipes in the oh, ground, yeah. one of those cap things, like like one of the city well stuff. That we didn't see when we put it down and someone got there there. And oh, it's just like the concept of these toys are like, you're going to get hurt probably. <laughs> but as long as like 80% of them don't get hurt, you're probably good on making a profit. Yeah, them. it's all about managing the level of hurt too. Mitigating like, risk. Is it is it a bruise or is it a broken bone? Like if you, if you start to produce, you know, too heavily on the uh, serious injury side, you're probably going to get pulled off the market or at least uh, or at least have some declining sales. But if it's like, oh, it's all right, he just got a bruise. Yeah, whatever. That could have happened to anyone. Then you're then you're probably in that sweet spot, I think. I'm feeling super nostalgic today right now as we're talking <laughs> about this stuff. You know what I mean? So I, yeah. I mean, I remember, like, so, like, there's one super soaker that one of my best friends has. He probably still has it to this day. So it's the Monster XL. Oh, God. And... This is the, it's the Guinness world record holder, or at least it was for a while for like the biggest squirt gun, like non-backpack squirt gun. Um, so it had a fucking bipod on it, man. It's like shooting a Barrett 50 caliber sniper rifle. Like it's, it's got like two different barrels, all these different firing modes. Um, it would hold like a hundred, like almost a gallon of water. I think it was. Um, and it would just you set it up and like you couldn't carry it around with any sort of like you're not going to run around and like assault anyone with this thing because it weighs a fucking ton you could actually but, really assault somebody though oh like, I mean, physical assault <laughs> yeah you could i suppose but uh if you could set that thing up i mean you could just just annihilate someone with a gallon of water in a very short period of time yeah absolutely now i know we're talking water guns and the water warfare but if you had an option to take and do nerf versus super soaker and it was like a nerf war versus a super soaker war what would you think would be more beneficial to your enjoyment as a human being in life nerf in or nothing bud really nerf or nothing i'm a huge nerf fan we've got a, a nerf segment that we're going to break into uh somewhere down the uh, road here with uh with the show so uh yeah i mean i as an adult uh less than uh we'll, we'll say uh within the past three years uh, I have uh, had a friend of mine go. We found a a cache of weapon of Nerf weaponry on uh, on Craigslist, and it was down in Indianapolis. And had a friend who uh, was down in the same area, and he concurred on the uh, the necessity, the need for these weapons. And he went and picked up two hundred dollars worth of uh, previously used Nerf weaponry that's still sitting at my my 
uh, old apartment in Chicago. And uh, yes, but uh, some excellent weapons in there. And slightly I used. Would, uh, it's it, yeah, they were they were slightly used, but all functional. And uh, yeah, I will I will nerf battle literally any day of the week still to this day. Arm? Uh, would you be doing balls or arrows? Either. Either or darts. Yeah. yeah, it's mostly darts now. The Master Blaster was one of the first Nerf guns I got. I remember my dad coming home uh, from work with it, and I was, that was. Is that the, the Gatling shit. gun with the little balls? It had two barrels. It, had, it would hold six balls, and you just, it had like a pump action, and you, it would just blast one at a time. It was, it was fucking badass. Man, I just want to be a kid. <laughs> I just want to be a kid and go back to a simpler time. But now, now Nerf, well, whatever company owns Nerf, also owns uh, um, Super Soaker. Like, they're co-branded. Wait, so you could get, like, <laughs> they could shoot water out while taking they, shooting arrows? Like, they have, like, Nerf model Super Soakers and stuff. Like, I don't think they, they shoot. I don't think they're co-branded in the sense that you could shoot a dart or a stream of water. Dude, but, that would uh, be awesome. But if you could, yeah, that would be sweet. But yeah, like much like our uh, co-branded beer of the week and hot tub beer of the week, they uh, they share the same label. Hey, nothing ain't no ain't, ain't nothing to say a dog can't play basketball. <laughs> so, uh, any other uh, uh, I mean, any other good uh, war stories here with the uh, the water-based weaponry? I got nothing, nothing other no? than that. Yeah, except for the you know the the pressure washer stuff. That was <laughs> <laughs> I've got one that involves that monster XL. Um, and I think the statute of limitations has uh, has passed on this activity, but uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> my buddy statute. Statute. set this thing up like it was, so. In the neighborhood, there was a you know we were off a street, a you know a you know normal you know thoroughfare through t- through uh, to the other side of town, and you set this thing up at night and you just blast fucking cars as they go by, <laughs> and. <laughs> He got one, and like obviously there was no accident or anything like that. It's not like you were trying to shoot like the windshield or anything like that. But the person was not happy with us, and then chased through the neighborhood to uh, try to uh, try to track down the hooligans who uh, were blasting their wheels with a super soaker. Stop this tomfoolery and its <laughs> yes. tracks. No, there'll be no more fun of any kind. Oh, that's too but, good. Too good. Yes. Too much, uh, too much good stuff with the uh, with the water weapons. Although, like I said before, though I'm a I'm a Nerf man, and we will uh, most certainly be doing a Nerf segment. But Patrick, we're we're talking we're talking childhood stuff. It's time to move on from water weapons. We will. I wish I had a water sound effect. It's a fish. <laughs> because now we we're going to talk more childhood, but we've got a little debate segment. And uh, we're this one, I think, is going to get heavy, my man. I think we're going to have some uh, some serious soul searching that we're going to need to do because we got to talk about the fantastic movie Toy Story and the two protagonists. We got you got Woody and you got Buzz Lightyear. We got to know what's what side you on, Patrick, and and why, most importantly, like that's that's where I think because there's there's a lot of uh, good reasons, I think, for either side. But, uh, you know, really to to show that you've got a uh, a good standing you need to provide an ample case for what uh, what side you're on interesting stuff interesting stuff again we go with another uh existential debate trying to figure out like our you know our what makes us tick as human beings and we're using toy story as the as the benchmark to do so is that is that the main goal of this whole thing well i mean at the end of the day aren't we all just trying to figure out uh you know find the 
our path in the universe and where we belong and uh, why we're here. Right, right, right. I guess that's true. So for people who don't know, Toy Story was an animated uh, film <laughs> uh, that was come that came out in 1995 from a small outfit called Pixar. Also, this other thing called Disney, Walt. Yeah, some Disney some crazy some crazy guy from Silicon Valley named Steve Jobs actually uh, produced it. I think it's pronounced Yobs. Steve Jobs. It's uh, a soft J. Steve Jobs. I think it. God, how much did it go? How much did it make? It's made what? Almost two hundred million dollars. I think it made more than that. It said box office two hundred million. It's, okay, it's box made box office. Yeah, yeah. It, it's made a ton. Um. First off, Toy Story is a staple of my childhood. Like it was one of the best movies I remember growing up because it was like it was the first movie that I remember from Disney that wasn't a car- or straight cartoon, mm-hmm. you know? It was the computer stuff. It oh, was- certainly. Yeah, it was uh I mean, it was a big deal like at the time like to have a departure like that where it's computer generated stuff. Um, right. It was a I think it was a big departure like not only for Disney but uh just for everyone viewing it too. It's like you you grew up so used to, you know, your your traditional, you know, animated style feature, and uh, you know, with with you know the, where they do the sketchbooks and animate it all like that, and it's For like sure. now you're getting everything done by technology. Yeah, and Toy Story was one of my favorite movies, and I remember it. And I, I'm gonna get to the point of like talking Woody or Buzz, but I just want to take and talk about the movie as how awesome it was for me it's like i remember just like some of the other toys that were there like some of the supporting cast mm-hmm. like mr potato head and it was had this just like funny funny you know sarcastic humor i've watched toy story twice this week in preparation <laughs> for this um just to realize and i didn't realize that it was don rickles and as a kid you're like who's don rickles and then you see mr potato head and like all the mannerisms of like, oh, Woody, kiss my butt. And he takes his lips off and yeah. literally starts <laughs> tapping it. And it's Don Rickles. And if you know anything about uh, Don, you know, and his, his stand-up, it falls right into character. And, like, Jim Varney, Ernest, was Slinky Dog. And Rex was Wallace Shawn, who is known for a lot of different things. Uh, Changing 500. Griswold <laughs> uh, is the dinosaur who is very timid, who is like a cowardly lion kind of thing, but also is Princess Bride. Oh, yep. it's conceivable that you change this. And da, 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 da. So I shall drink this because I know you know that I know that you know kind of thing. And then one of the, my favorites is also, you know, the pig, the piggy bank ham, who is yep. one of the favorite from Cheers, John Ratzenberg. And I thought the characters were amazing there. And the reason I talk about that is – the movie for me leads with Tom Hanks as Woody uh, being Andy's prime toy. And the reason I take in, I'm going to take in, take the stance of team Woody to the grave. Okay. So you're good. Your team, what you're stating it now, state your case counselor. Yes. I will state my case. Uh, Tom Hanks and Woody uh, look out for Andy's best interest from day one. And, they try he tries to he knows the situation he's kind of like the incumbent uh manager in town you know he knows okay. what's going on he knows what social might say the, the sheriff in town <laughs> the sheriff you see what i'm going with right there there's a new sheriff in town um anyway uh he's the guy who knows what he's talking about he knows everything he knows the scenarios he knows all the ins and outs and the intricacies of the social dynamics of Andy's room. Andy's room being the the forefront of this whole movie. Um, 
And genuinely, it seems like as you go on that he is looking out for the best interest of Andy, trying to make sure that not him is the best toy, even though he is, quote unquote, the favorite toy at the beginning of this movie. Um, he's wanting to make sure that all the toys equally go together, you know, and it's it's only fitting that when Tim Allen, Buzz Lightyear comes in, this new hotshot rookie coming in, coming in, signing his, you know, he could be like the Mitch Trubisky coming in <laughs> on it. Uh not really understanding the dynamic, the social realm of Andy's room. Uh, it, I, if you were coming into my house and trying to do that and take my spot as the favorite, I would understand how Woody Takeson has a little bit of um, hesitation towards warming up. He tries to take an assimilate buzz into it, into Andy's room. Uh, and you could just see that the, the there's friction there straight off the bat, 100% yeah. friction off there. Because as Tom Hanks, Woody, I'm going to go Woody, uh, was trying to bring Buzz in, Buzz was there to do a different goal. His go Buzz's goal was not Andy's pleasure. Buzz's goal was getting to fix, he was a space ranger, and he was trying to be to his galactic space station, and it was, it was far different than serving the needs of Andy when all <laughs> the other toys were there to do that. I that like, is, I like your take there. That, that is my initial take there. I can see the rest of this round to the floor. Okay, so let me, I'm going to make some statements in general here about uh, the movie and or other characters before getting into my case. Um, so let's let's start with uh, with one observation about Woody. Um, Woody Woody's a stud because uh, you know he's macking on Bo Peep. He's all about that noise. Uh, good on good on Woody. He's got uh, he's got things on lock on the home front, and I'm, I'm you know that's a that's a big plus for for Woody. Uh, on the on the Buzz front, Buzz is adult because he thinks he's a god. He thinks he's a space ranger. He's just a damn toy. Okay, he's got a he's got to come in there and recognize that uh, you know he's he's been uh, you know drinking the Kool Aid so to speak. He needs he needed to be put in his place. Um, so that there's there's two about the the main the main characters here. Um, one one thing I found interesting though it was at the beginning of the movie like uh, you know we talk about this this whole thing with with Woody worrying about being replaced and things like that oh, almost all of the toys were worried about being replaced um, at when they're you know it's the birthday party at the beginning like and they send the troops down there with Arlie Ermy leading the leading the soldiers down good to call. spy them good call um, so like they're all like Rex is freaking out because he you know, what if they get another dinosaur. Um, and all you know stuff like that, and then they're critiquing the gifts, which is hilarious. But uh, um, yeah, so that's Mrs. That's Potato an... Head, Mrs. Potato <laughs> Head, Mrs. Potato Head. What's he get a battleship? Who invited that kid? <laughs> bed sheets. Yeah, bed sheets. That's right, bed sheets. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, so there, there's that. And then uh, the the last uh, kind of observation uh, that I have, kind of a one-off thing here, is that uh, snitches get stitches, and RC ratting out woody when he goes and pushes you know buzz ultimately out the window and rc's got to be a little snitch i ain't about that noise he's gonna have some trouble he should have had some more trouble than what he did rc's a little like troublemaker because that's the only way that woody or excuse me that's the only way that buzz was able to fly right too is using that little bitch to take and get enough speed around to take and bounce off and then get on the ball and then jump around and all that stuff. Then the the, tra the car track did yep, the loop-de-loop. -loop exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, 
uh, let me uh, then. So now that we've got the uh, the facts and the observations out of the way, the facts um, of life. So I'm going to go through some things here, and uh, ultimately, and then I'll make my conclusion. So um, my my ultimate statement here is that uh, none of none of the story would have happened uh, necessarily if Woody didn't get jealous. Uh, Woody was, uh, you know, his his jealousy over Buzz coming into town. Uh, and stealing his thunder is what drove the majority of the film. Uh, so that is uh, one knock I have against Woody. Um, like I said, though, Buzz is adult for not realizing that he's a damn toy. Exactly. And they, and they, you know, instead of the space ranger thing. Um, so with, with that being said, I can recognize the fact that all of the, like I said before, all of the uh, toys are in, in some way, shape, or another worried at a birthday or Christmas, things like that, that they're going to get replaced. Um, but what I don't, another thing I don't appreciate about Woody is that later on, they go to, you know, they, they wind up in Sid's house, and Woody's just there assuming that the, the toys that Sid has, all the mutant creatures, they're bad guys. He thinks they're cannibals. Like, they're, they're there patching Buzz up, and he thinks that they're cannibals. And then he obviously comes to realize that uh, um, they aren't, and they're in fact toys just like them. Uh, but uh, yeah, that is a uh, that is that is a knock there. Um, but what I will say is that Woody is fantastic at organizing the groups, uh, not only the groups that are in Andy's house, but he also then organizes and orchestrates the whole uh, you know rescue buzz, get everyone you know into the car when they're you know moving and everything like that. I mean, he ultimately is the uh, the guy driving the driving the ship at that point to get everything put Le- back together. Lead singer, the band driver, the Winnebago. Exactly. Granted, it is he put him. You know, it's almost like a pitcher pitching themselves into a save because he caused a lot of the situation. Uh, but then he's you know going to the extra you know lengths in order to uh, restore it back to some degree of normalcy. Uh, so, kind of in conclusion. Um, I think that overall, I think Woody is a better representation of humanity uh, because I think a lot of people would, you know, naturally have that animosity when, you know, a new hotshot comes in um, and ultimately, you know, may make snap judgments that are wrong and, you know, are, they're, they're fallible. But my pick is Buzz because Buzz is, is I want my, my character to be idealistic. And I want my character to, uh, you know, be be better than the flaws of a human. Uh, I'm I'm rolling out with Team Buzz. Cross examination. So what you got? So uh, my big thing with uh, Woody versus Buzz is the nexus of when Buzz became introduced to Andy's room and just straight up off the bat was talking about all the things that he had that was better and. There's, you know, there's always somebody that's going to come into a situation that's going to have nicer, newer things. But I think that's a, a strong representation of society. You know, the flashiness doesn't always get you like uh, deep, deep and lasting relationships. And I think that's known there. However, how Buzz does take and use his talking and his wings and all this stuff to win over the mass, it's only temporal. Mm-hmm. It's only done in a in a short sense because it's not true. At the end of the day, yes, he's playing with a Slinky Dog, and yes, he teaches Rex how to growl, and yes, he does all these other things to take in win over that. But at the end of the day, he's only using them to take and help him fix his ship. 
and he's not using it to actually get to the true to to the true core of their human beings, their toy beings, their their heart, their soul, their anything. It's temporal. How can I use what I have to advance my thing forward? Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things I don't like about Buzz because even when he's at Sid's house and his arm pops out, it's all on the me, me, me. It's never about Andy. It's never about the community. It's always about Buzz. Like, oh, he finds out that he's not a space ranger. Yeah, everybody's been telling you you're not a space ranger. You're a toy, and you find out by falling down the stairs and breaking that you're not that space ranger. Plus, Woody, when he gets relegated to the toy box and loses his hat and Mr. Shark finds it, Woody, howdy, 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 is one of the funniest lines ever. That's an excellent line. Cross examination complete, <laughs> and it, all valid points. Uh, I I won't uh, I won't quibble with your points because they're they're strict they're valid. Um, what I will counter with is the fact that um, with with Buzz he eventually does get to that point where he breaks mentally and does recognize the fact that he's a toy um, and realizes what his purpose is. Uh, granted, at at Woody's, you know, sort of, uh, you know, through through Woody's actions and, and, and his influence as well. But I still maintain the fact that basically if you liken this to, to a real-world scenario, Woody straight up, did, you know, attempted murder on Buzz. I, I mean, I, I, can't, uh, I can't see my way past that. Like, yeah, it was unintentional. He didn't mean to push him out, you know, have him knock out the window. He just meant for him to, you know, fall down behind the bookshelf. You know, that's like the difference between, you know, you know, maybe someone, you know, punching you and then also, you know, putting, you know, you punch someone. Yeah, you you might, uh, you know, break it, break their jaw and knock out a tooth or putting someone in a coma. You know, uh, it's it's a pretty big uh, a, a stark difference in, uh, you know, charges that you're going to get, uh, you know, that are usually going to get rung up against you in those types of situations. You know, one might be assault. The other one's attempted murder. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I maintain counselor that. Uh, while I uh, while I can appreciate the the emotions that uh, that Woody has gone through, and uh, you know, no one wants to be replaced. Uh, he's got to know his role, and he's also got to follow the law. And uh, you can't you can't be doing stuff like that. You got to hash your stuff out. You got to uh, you know you need to be an adult, Woody. Uh, you you can't be you can't be knocking people out of windows. You said an adult, uh, Woody. You, you just gotta. <laughs> and then. Uh, yeah, you can't be knocking people out of windows. You can't be you can't be making snap you know judgments and and rash uh, rash decisions uh, to cover your ass uh, you know to cover up the crime or to make the crime right. You, you messed up. Take your punishment. You're relegated. You're number two now, and you're just gonna have to learn that uh, you know Buzz is the Buzz is the new wave. You're still awesome. Don't get me wrong. You're still you're still a great toy, uh, but you're just not gonna be the number. You're no longer the uh, superstar. You're, you know you're the uh, the veteran who's going around and uh, you know sitting on the end of a bench to get a ring. If it pleases the court, you can't handle the truth. <laughs> um, I, I mean to be fair, there there's a reason that this movie franchise was good. It was relatable. The story was good. Did you ever see the Pixar story? Did you ever see the um, one where we was talking about Lasseter and Toy Story and all this stuff, like the documentary about Pixar? Mm-hmm. No. Um, if you are a fan of Pixar movies, I recommend uh, taking and finding it. I'll try to find a link and put it in our show description or whatnot for it. But it talks about Toy Story and all the different movies in Pixar and how they became this studio known for making great films. Woody's first, the first cut of, 
excuse me, the first cut of Toy Story, Woody was an asshole. Like, mm-hmm. he was just this snarky, um, you can, you can get, like, in Toy Story itself, you can understand that he's got this, like, this personality, this, this way of talking, right? It's very direct, it's, you know, it's ve- veiled sarcasm at some times, but the initial read-through, some of the stuff that they were saying was, like, he was just not good. He was just, like, an annoying, annoying person. Like, it was a character that was not relatable for the movie. And it's a good thing that they were able to recut and redo the yeah. thing and reanimate it into a way that was good. All in all, we're talking about a great movie with great characters. And I think that what the thing is that I think that we're coming to is there's definitely there is conflict between having two protagonists. And anytime you have a story that has two protagonists, like two of those top dog type of characters that may have different friction, um, you'll have this strife anywhere. But this movie wasn't just a two two you know two trick pony. It wasn't just two people. It it was an ensemble. No, it, it, it was, was the ensemble, an ensemble cast. Yeah, and it's really tough to take and say, um, you know, who is better between that. But I I'd argue that as a child, you know, you want to take and do the sheriff. You want to take and do that. But if you take and so Woody and Buzz, we've already exhausted those particular arguments there. In regards to Toy Story One, we haven't looked at two, three, etc. I'm gonna take and throw a I'm gonna throw a question out that's a curveball. Who was your favorite character? Overall in the, the full film? In the overall in the full film. And it doesn't have to have a reason why. Um you who's your favorite character? Uh yeah. Um, I would say um I liked I I liked Rex a lot. Yeah. Um, I would say I would say probably Rex. That's for I would go Rex first, and then probably as an honorable mention, uh, Mr. Potato Head. Okay. Very cool. I would have well, to say, you. yeah, th- it's a, it's an interesting thing because you don't think about it. I would say an honorable mention, very very small role, but one of the most uh, funny roles is. The little green alien. Oh yeah, the aliens are excellent. Yeah, the claw. It's our master, and then he gets taken out, and they're in the bag. The, the little green aliens make that that yeah. that transition from, oh shit, we have to take and be, um, in like in survival mode to survival mode. So mm-hmm. the little green aliens were great, but uh, again, I'd say probably one of my favorites is Ham. Just the snarky okay. comments of. How he takes and has that, uh, like, he's on point. It's also the John Ratzenberger sense of humor. It's like, it's dry. You know it's coming. It's from Cheers. And then a, a close second is always Mr. Potato Head. The Mr. Potato Head was that comic relief. You know that that's the reason he was there. For that comic relief, that go- the, oh, look, Picasso. And he's got a whole messed up <laughs> face. Yeah. And then the kiss the butt thing, Mrs. Potato Head. All of his lines were there. All of Rickles' lines were there for that particular reason. But all in all, I have to say, it was really tough to pick between Buzz and Woody. It wasn't a clear-cut thing. It is tough, and I'm I'm prepared to, like, I I suspect that more people are on the side of uh, of Woody. Uh, however, uh, I felt the... I felt in my analysis that uh, at least the way that I was going through things, it's like I I think I have to make this choice to go to go with Buzz. I 
deeply appreciate, you know, this, this is very much like a, like a lawyer, just simp, you know, just doing their job to defend the case uh, and present and present a case. If it uh, pleases the court, if it pleases the court. Um, but uh, yeah, th- there's, there's nothing, I don't see, I don't see nothing wrong with, uh, with picking either Woody or Buzz. Uh, and so I don't necessarily think that, uh, you know, I don't think it's quite as, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's a, a hot, maybe I'm way on the, the wrong side of things, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll just have to find out. We'll need some, uh, some input from the uh, fine listeners of the show to uh, perhaps uh, give us, uh, give us their takes. And uh, then we can make a, make a firm decision with a overall show stance on uh, which character is, uh, you know, which team we're on. Hey, that sounds good to me. <laughs> well, Patrick, with that being settled, let's adjourn with a Patrick, roll us out with uh, the metadata for the show. Absolutely. My pleasure. Again, if you didn't realize you're listening to Oh This Podcast, I'm Patrick. That's Steve. We love you. We are more than happy that you are taking the time to join us for uh, basically this is the 20th episode, 20 more than I expected to do. Um, And every single day that we get the opportunity to take in uh, talk about these topics is uh, it melts our heart. Um, We love the ability that we are given to do this. It's more more fun than you could ever imagine doing so talking about this with a good friend. Uh, 100% but to in order to make it work out we need to know how you guys are feeling so if you haven't done so go to the website uh, subscribe to oh this podcast doc, or subscribe to oh this podcast on iTunes Google Play we are on Stitcher we have a Twitter you can hit us up individually you can also hit us up um, at oh this podcast on Twitter as well we do post on Instagram we are on Facebook you should definitely go check us out on Facebook like it give us a review um, share it with it. We are going to be using some more of the Facebook Live uh, features there to take and bring you live content like we did today. If you haven't done so, go there now if you want to take and find out the results of the best animal in a leading role. Click the like, find our Facebook Live. If you haven't done so yet also, we are asking for support to continue to make this. You get some great swag. You get some recommendations of other things. You could be the beer picker of the week. You know, they always say you can you can pick your friends, you can pick your nose, you can't pick your friend's nose, but you can pick our beer of the week. So, um, with that being said, I want to take and have Steve any last last parting words for these magical listeners of oh this podcast. I would just say to uh, take your take your time and and you know I think overall we we adjourned back to uh, some nostalgia today um, and. Go back to you know where you were in uh, the mid '90s when Toy Story was the thing, and uh, just just think back to where you were at uh, before you make your decision on whether you're joining uh, Team a- or Team Woody or Team Buzz. Well said. If it pleases the court, if it Indubitably. pleases the court. Well, with that, I would like to say, I'm Steve. I'm Patrick, and we are out. <laughs>